0: On the sixth day of Christmas, Ms. sport blog sent to me.
1: So here we are, Chewy, at the halfway point of the 12 days of sport blokes, day six. Now, it's the first of a couple, I don't know, it might sound a bit, it, it does make sense, doesn't it? But it yeah. might be a bit, is it crude? I don't know. Well, let's just get straight to the <laughs> I mean,
0: point. I mean, it's us, of course.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let's get straight to the point. Six geese We thought we'd cover female athletes who have either been pregnant and achieved incredible sporting feats or have come back from giving birth to achieve incredible sporting feats?
0: Yeah, look, this is one of these ones. You could absolutely make a ridiculously comprehensive list. There's people, specifically tennis. That was one that I found was a a really big one. And you could certainly make a case for a number of people like Serena Williams, Justine Annan, Alina Spitalina. There's plenty more that have come back and certainly achieved success in some sort of way but there are only a very select few that have actually come back after having a child and won a grand slam yes which is a really big thing so
1: huge huge thing and it's funny we're kicking around ideas Uh, Lindsay Davenport was one of the names I mentioned and then I mentioned NNR Den as an afterthought and funnily enough Davenport wasn't, but NNR Arden was. And, and Clysters, anyway, I'll allow you to go through your list.
0: Well, that's a, a really great sort of segue. And Kim Clijsters is probably the first one on the list for me. Aussie Kim, as we yes, it, yes from, yeah. from her from uh, her days of dating Leighton Hewitt. She was an absolute beast on the court. I mean, you don't win four Grand Slams as a singles player and two doubles Grand Slams reach world number one if you're a nobody. Like, you have to be absolutely at the peak of your powers. The amazing part of that, though, is that three of those singles Grand Slam, so the 2009 and 2010 US Open and the 2011 Australian Open, all came after her first child in 2008.
1: Wow, there you go. Which is something I didn't realize. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, that's really impressive.
0: I thought maybe she had one, but it was three yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. So wow. very, very incredible. So she'd actually retired from tennis in 2007 because of injury. She was quite injury-prone, unfortunately. But she decided to have another crack and... The 2009 title came absolutely out of nowhere. She was given a wild card because she won in 2003 at Flushing Meadows. And along the way, she beat Marion Bartoli, so the 14 seed at the time, Venus Williams, the three seed, Flavia Panetta, the 10 seed, Serena Williams, the two seed, and then finally Caroline Wozniacki, the nine seed. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about five players in the top 14 seeds. To- and a
1: few players that reached number one at one stage or another in their career. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So To do that and only drop two sets throughout the entire tournament as a wild card is just incredible.
1: It really is. It it
0: really is. And we often talk about the women's side of tennis, how a lot of the top seeds tend to drop out early in the tournament. So quite often you can go through a tournament and maybe only play a couple of seeded players. She
1: ran the gauntlet there. She really did. Absolutely ran the gauntlet. She really did. Yeah.
0: So to do that, and then by the time the next year rolled around, she was back at number two in the world and the number two seed. She won it again. And then she comes down to Melbourne and wins it over here, which I think meant a lot to her it as would well. It would have been huge, yeah. yeah. She, she obviously has that that huge uh, huge link to Australia. At the time, anyway. She did actually try that random comeback again in 2020. I don't know if you remember that. I can't say I do, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah she wanted to give it another go. This was seven years after she retired for the second time. Yeah, it's time. a long time. Never close to the same player, though, after 2011. She just, again, just kept accumulating those injuries. But again, to go and have a child and within two and a half years, win another three Grand Slams. That's an incredible achievement. It
1: sure is, yeah. Remarkable.
0: Yeah. Now, Margaret Court, we've got to go all the way back to Margaret Court for...
1: Yes, one. we've got some Aussie. We go from Aussie Kim to a few Aussies, to a couple we, of Aussies. We
0: do. So Margaret Court actually still holds the record for the most Grand Slams at twenty-four. We spoke in one of the other episodes, I'm not sure if it's before or after this, about how Serena Williams is trying to catch her and didn't quite It her. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. we've been recording out of order, so yeah, I can't yeah. remember either, yeah.
0: So Court had the first of her four children in 1972. She won four singles Grand Slam titles after that, including the 1972 US Open, five months after giving birth to her first child. Wow. So it's incredible. That is incredible. To do that so quickly. She then also won the Australian, French, and US Open in 1973. She lost to Chrissy Evert in the semifinals at Wimbledon. Like, imagine nearly winning a calendar slam a year after having your first child. That's nuts. Isn't it just? Absolutely like, nuts. If only she wasn't a bigot. <laughs> yes. Like that's that's really the
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's not held in a higher regard in Australian sport folklore because of her religious and political views. Yeah, that's true.
0: Which which is a real shame because you know, if you look at the on-court stuff, she was arguably the greatest of all time. I mean, Djokovic will,
1: well, on the women's side, yeah. yeah.
0: Djokovic will probably go past that number sometime fairly soon, but
1: Serena's really struggled to catch, as we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yep. So,
0: and look again, part of that might be attributed to the fact that the fields were a lot smaller back then. She would often have a first-round bye because she was a a one a seed. High seed, yeah, but right, right. At the end of the day. Still an, an incredible... you still got to win. You do. Yeah. Now, from one of the, let's just say, less liked Australians off the court and on the court to one that is held in probably high esteem by anyone that follows tennis, Yvonne Gulligan-Cawley, seven-time Grand Slam champion and an absolute legend.
1: i got to admit, seven is more than I realized. Mm. I thought it was like three or four.
0: Yeah. 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 Seven. Yeah. So she had her first child in May of 1977, won the Australian Open singles in December of 77.
1: Yep. So another similar to Margaret Court, six-ish months. Yeah, crazy.
0: But did you notice the month that she won the Australian Open?
1: December. Ah, yeah, 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 true.
0: Good point. So most people who know tennis would know that the Australian Open isn't in December. It's actually in January. The organisers tried changing it from January to December from that year of 1977 until 1987. So there were two Oz Opens in 77, but none in 86. Ha! Huh, there you go. So there's a, a very, very little known fact. There you go. Another very interesting note from that 77 Oz Open is that Goulagon Corley actually won the doubles with Helen Gourlay Corley. So the, Her sister-in-law? No, that's, oh. that's the weird part. So firstly, it's the lady that she beat in the singles final.
1: Yeah, right, okay, yeah. And, Which isn't uncommon. Often they'll pair up and, yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And we see that a lot in the, yeah. certainly in the wheelchair. Text. Navratilova
1: paired up with a lot of people over the years, so she would have also played in the singles. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: But both ladies were married to a Mr. R. Corley, but neither were related. There you go. So there you go. I fancy that. Yeah. That's very, great. very fancy. Yeah. But no, Yvonne Goolgong Corley, an absolute legend of Aussie tennis. And, and yeah, somebody who, as you say, again, came back less than sort of seven or eight months after having a child and winning a grand slam is it's incredible it really is now i did also want to look at three very very different athletes who did their own thing in olympic games whilst pregnant which I, I think is absolutely insane so the first one kerry walsh jennings she is an american beach volleyball player one of the more incredible mothers her and misty may trainer probably yeah one of the most successful beach volleyball duos of all time probably up there with uh, Natalie Cook and Kerry Pothar, the the Aussies, (laughs) got to get that in there. (laughs) But they spent about 10 years as partners. They took out the gold medal at the 04 Athens Olympics, as well as 08 in Beijing and 2012 in London. But what makes that London gold and the whole story really so incredible?
1: Well, three in a row is very impressive. He's very incredible. Yeah, when they're four-year cycles.
0: But Kerry was actually pregnant during the Games in 2012. And if you've watched beach volleyball, it's not a contact sport, but you're throwing yourself around a lot in the sand. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: diving and all sorts, yeah.
0: So to be able to do that and achieve the gold medal all while being pregnant is very much an achievement worth recognising.
1: Well, and the things that pregnancy does to a woman's body can't be easy when you're trying to compete at the highest possible level too. So that's, yeah, very impressive.
0: It is. Now the next two get even crazier for me. So Anki van Grunsven of the Netherlands, as I'm I'm sure we all know, a bit of a legend in the dressage game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not in the hobby horse uh, not in the hobby horse uh, no damn. actual
0: dressage okay so she competed in five consecutive olympics meddling in all of them including three consecutive goals in 2000 2004 and 2008 in the individual dressage event but in 2004 in athens anki was get this five months pregnant with her first child and she smoked the competition absolutely smashed them. i think to be that far along, like, okay, five months, you're not popping or anything. No,
1: and dressage is maybe, it's not like some sports, but, yeah. You
0: know, it's still, it's still putting you out. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Bouncing around. You always hear about women talk about the pressure it puts on the bladder as well. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. It's still, I mean, it's to focus it's still incredible.
0: Yeah, to focus and, and be crowned the best in the world. Very, very impressive. And the last one, Cornelia foal of Germany. She was a quality archer, competed in four straight Summer Olympics from 92 to 04. This one doesn't have quite the success of the last two, but in 2004, Cornelia was seven months pregnant with her second child, who was born just 57 days after her last event.
1: Would a protruding belly make it difficult to, would you have to change the way you're holding the bow and, you know what I mean?
0: Sure, my sister always talks about when she used to play a bit of golf while she was quite heavily pregnant and obviously... That changed, yeah. that changed the way that she was holding the club, so I, I have to imagine it would it would have to have an impact. I would have thought Definitely. so. Hey, yeah. I mean, she, like, is impressive. she finished a so it's
1: yeah, like, okay. Having yeah. like, said that, she even The fact that she to, even competed to qualify yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and do all of that, yeah.
0: And, and this is this is sort of what I, I find so amazing about all of these things is, yeah, some of them that are doing this while they're pregnant have to then change the way that they approach the sport that they've probably been playing or competing in for their entire for several,
1: life. Several, yeah, yep, yeah,
0: yeah. And then the other ones that. Come back from. Let's let's be honest about it. Giving birth would be would be one of the most traumatic things to do as a woman, either being cut open or oh yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. or pushing that child out. I mean, we men make jokes about oh you know oh i hurt myself I ought to hurt more than childbirth. <laughs> we know that it, there's just nothing that we go through that would come close to that unless you lose a limb. So. Yeah, look, I have so much. Yeah, re-
1: we've tried our best with this topic, haven't we? As a couple of blokes who can never and will never give birth, but yeah, It's,
0: it's uh, it no, that's it it good research. It, there. It, yeah. it is crazy, and the thing is, like, there's so many more that you could look at. There's a, a ton of you know, certainly a ton of basketball players. Candace Park is probably the most famous of the lot.
1: We may do this again next year, we so may, we uh, we'll let's get, sit on so that.
0: <laughs> we just kind of wanted to give a little bit of a snapshot, though. So there are basically six geese that were laying, and uh, yeah, fantastic. And came back, and well, either came back and achieved greatness, or did so before they laid. Yeah. Yes. Thankfully, none of those came out as eggs. They <laughs> all came out as uh, as human beings. But
1: we, uh, we were doing so well.
0: But it's just one of these things, definitely to to look at it and and really appreciate the fact that for us as blokes, playing sport has certainly been something we we kind of took for granted. And never had to really consider, you know, what what's going to happen when my—I mean, obviously, you know, I look pregnant at the moment, anyway. But um, certainly, <laughs> I certainly don't have to worry about the aftermath of giving birth. No, I just have to worry about the big gut. So, yeah, it's just as I say, it's just we kind of want to take a bit of time to really appreciate these these amazing women and the countless thousands and probably millions more that have done things outside the sporting arena as well. And
1: everyday heroes,
0: everyday heroes without the cape.
1: Amen. Great work, Stewie. Uh, New Year's Eve tomorrow. An old segment returns and we get a little bit loose at the end too. Because we've already recorded, so I know this.
0: I nearly did the Halloween. For some reason. Don't ask me why I was there that for me. <laughs>